What's up, Abundant Babe? I'm so glad you found your way here. You're in the right place for the highest of vibes, the silliest of laughs, and the best of the bunch. All things related to spiritual entrepreneurship and creating holistic success. This is your host, Viola Hug, a coach for women who desire to have it all, alignment, wealth, impact, and joy. Come find me at Viola Hug on Instagram, join my free Abundant Babes group on Facebook, or grab a copy of my best-selling book, You Are an Abundant Babe, on Amazon. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello, welcome back to the Abundant Babes podcast. It is your host, Viola Hug, and I am so excited to have Mandy Perry joining me today. Welcome, Mandy. Thank you, sister. Glad to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. Like we've kind of been crossing paths online for quite a while. I know we've done quite a few of the same programs with the same coach and I've seen your name popping up everywhere. And I was so excited to have this conversation today because you've um, done some incredible work and are doing incredible work. I know um, from what you've shared with me, like you started off making very, very little and without using ads or funnels or networks or any of these kind of like traditional things we hear about in business that are so incredibly important, you managed to create $1.7 million in your business in just three years. Yes, I know. It's crazy. (laughs) It's crazy. And it's so amazing. You know, it's so amazing. Yeah, it's really a lot of fun. One of the things that really stood out to me is like, one, obviously no ads, no blah, 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 like all that's amazing. But also because a huge part of your focus was um, like a big shift for you was when you started focusing more on like internal work than rather than just the external work. Right? Yeah. You know, people keep saying, like people ahead of me kept telling me, it's not about the how, it's not about the how. And I literally wanted to punch people in their face. Like, oh yeah. I that, that makes feeling. no sense. Like literally, was, that makes no damn sense. Of course it's about the how. And I really thought you're just being selfish or you're just being lazy. You really just don't want to tell me how to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally one day it just it finally clicked and I finally understood. And that's been a lot of my time helping other people understand. It's not about the how. <laughs> yeah. And now people are just like, how'd you do it? And you're like, it's not about the how. <laughs> no, I think the best thing that I can say is like, if you look at anything in your entire life that you've ever like showed up and like, were really proud of like getting through it. You could, you can't sit there and be like, Oh, like this is how, like, this is how to recreate it through someone getting through it. You look back and you really feel into like how determined you were and how, like how much you were learning and how stumbly it was. And then you're like, Oh, I can't believe I made it through that. But you did. That's really kind of on the other side of this. Now I'm like, no, that's really how it is right there. Yeah, totally. I so agree with that. So to kind of get to know you a little bit more and have the audience like be like, oh, Mandy, cool. And now I feel like I know you. Why don't you share a little bit of your story? Like, who were you before this world like hit you? Were you like always entrepreneurial? Was it something new? Where are you from? Like, tell us a little bit of like the more personal level story. Yay. Okay. So tiny warning. I do say things very bluntly. Okay. Like I very much am unfiltered. I very much just tell you guys everything. There's not really nothing left because that's what I desire from the people around me. Yeah, I feel like I want, yeah, like I want to, I want a, a genuine friendship, a genuine relationship. And this is really what it was. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I grew up in a really, really tough home. Uh, there was a lot of abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse, relation, you know, um, uh, religious abuse, you know, stuff like that. Wow. Uh, there's a story everybody freaks out about that I recently told about how I was told I was possessed and they did a seance on me. So it was a pretty epic wow. childhood. And I left right away when I was 17, went off to the Marine Corps. 
um, you know, just basically getting out as soon as I could. I'm very close with my family now. My, I love my family tremendously and they were suffering just as much as I was. So, right. mm-hmm. uh, I got, you know, went into the Marine Corps. That was a lot more trauma. Um, I've recently opened up about that story too. So it was, you know, there's a lot of sexual abuse and stuff that happened to a lot of women in the military and it's growing a lot and it's, you know, it's growing further, but yeah, that's still a thing in the military. So it sort of went from trauma to more trauma. Then I came home from the military and I got pregnant right away. So then I shifted into being a single mom and the journey, I guess, sort of begins there, right? My son is 17 now, but, um, it, it, you know, it shifted into showing up for my child, which is different, right? Mm-hmm. So it was really like, I grew up on welfare. I was a single, I was a single mom on welfare. I was working as a waitress, just trying to figure stuff out. And, uh, basically the running thing in my head was like, I don't get life. This doesn't make sense. I see these people, they have like, you purchased a home, you have a job, you, you're, you seem fairly happy. You're probably even in shape, right? Like how do you do all of those things? <laughs> Like I just, it's like a mystery to me. Like here I am like running at like full pace, feeling like I'm running a marathon and I, I'm like, I'm on welfare. I'm barely getting by. I was on antidepressants, anti-anxiety meds. I definitely drank too much. I always felt like I was a bad mom and I was juggling going to school, being a nanny, all these kind of things. So, um, you know, the beginning of the ballsy moves was when my son, I was a waitress. My son said to like, he started crying and said, mom, I don't see you enough. And I was like, that's it. I just made up a plan. I was going to take for three months. I was going to save every penny I could. And then I was going to spend my time looking for a job where I could take my son with me. Right. And I did it. I quit my job. Everyone said I was friggin' nuts. Mm-hmm. And I found a nanny job. And so then I was making $400 a week, taking my son with me. And I literally thought it was the greatest thing on the planet. Yeah. So for 10 years, I was a nanny and I went to school. And I went to school. I, I was always told I was dumb. You know, I'm the dumb blonde. I'm the white trash girl. Um, a lot of sexual abuse and trauma, which most people have been through, such a high percentage of people have gone through some sort of physical, sexual, emotional abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you have a story that you're discardable, that, you know, nobody's really going to protect you or have your back or you're not worthy. So it began the journey of like trying to believe I was worthy or I was something. And I went to like a community college and I did well. And then I was like, maybe I'm not that stupid. So I went to a state school and then I got into the nursing program and I was like, no, I'm really smart. I was like top of my class. So then I left that university and I went to university for neuropsych. Before I know it, I'm in a master's class for neuropsychology at a university. I'm like, no, I'm fucking smart. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't real. It's not real that I'm stupid blonde. And I started to gain a little bit of confidence. I started ignoring other people because everybody else was telling me I just kept quitting and I was crazy. And like, you know, I, I quit the waitressing, I quit CCRI, I quit the state school and uh, nursing, and then I quit, I actually quit URI, and I quit the uh, neuropsych program, and I became a health coach, so I started my own business. Right. Mm-hmm. And everybody on the planet thought I was freaking nuts. Of course. <laughs> everybody. Literally, people were coming to me like, the best coach that we know, and these were people that were like my mentors and people that I respected at the time. Like the greatest coach we know has been a coach for 20 years and she makes $40,000. What makes you think you're going to do any better than her? Right. Right. And like, and like, look at you, look at your life. Your life's a mess. I was a single mom, two baby daddies, still on anti-anxieties and antidepressants mm-hmm. and definitely had the mischief behaviors to try to soothe myself. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of people who step into this, nobody around us gets it. Nobody thinks we're going to be able to do it. And I really just 
like I, I listened, what are they saying? Those mystery normal people ahead of us who have figured this crap out. What are they saying to us? And everybody was saying, get a mentor, find somebody who's done it and learn from them. So at this time, I think mm -hmm. I had in total ever made $4,000 from my coaching business ever. Uh -huh. And I was just, I had just gotten off of welfare, literally like a couple months before for the first time ever. And I was, um, I had quit my job making the $400 a week, but that's where my nervous system was set at. Like $400 a week was amazing. And, um, and then I made my first investment into a $25,000 program. Wow. Oh my yep. gosh. Ah. But look, there's a reason I say this, right? Like I, by all standards was the girl who would never amount to anything. You know, like just not like, not only did I have all that going on, I was like, I was never the social person who people liked. Like I was always kind of awkward. I would always be like, Oh, I heard you're getting divorced or I heard this, you know, like I wanted to talk about the real stuff and people didn't yeah. like that. So Wait, can I just ask, do you know your human design? Yes. I am a manifester. A manifester. Oh, ask yes, yes. me too. You are? Yeah. The 8% and totally yeah. resonating with your story. I feel like there, yeah, we find each other, don't we? We do. Yeah. We find yes. a way to find each other. That's so good. <laughs> oh my God. So good. Yep. So, uh, the reason I bring that up is because people don't do that. Yeah. And I'm consistently being honest. And I know that sometimes I get judged for bragging about my income and stuff like that, but I just want people to know, like I forever just was like, how, I don't understand. Like, how are you people doing this? Yeah. I really listened. And I guess I doubted. I thought they just want my money. They don't really care about me. They're just being salesy. And the truth is the very first mentor I got was a douche. <laughs> <laughs> that human being it was a crappy human being who's really good at what they do. They have an amazing gift, but they're a crappy human being massively took advantage of me. Wow. And it was exactly what I needed. It's yep. like looking back, it was exactly what I needed. So that first year in business, uh, brought in 390 K. Wow. Uh, and that was literally straight from coming off of welfare into my first year in business and the business went global year one. Wow. Yeah. yeah. See, this is like, what's so incredible is like, um, when you hear stories like that, it like literally makes your head spin. But I think there's like so many ways that I resonate and people resonate with as well. Like one, I know, and I think it's important to remember that like when you, for example, like when you said before, like bragging about income, it's not about bragging about income. It's like literally exactly what you said. It's the fact that it's like still blows your own mind that you could create this. Absolutely. And you're like, dude, like seriously, if I can, you can. Like it's, it's more out of a, a place of um, inspiring than trying to impress, right? It is so much. Of, it was literally like, I, I, who wrote it? Um, I forget his name. I bet you know his name. Um, but he said, uh, really, it's about finding a need in the world and filling that need. It's like where yeah. your where your needs and what you looked for in the planet meets in your, your skills or your gifts and where they meet and intersect is your purpose. Uh -huh. And all I was ever desperate for was for people to tell me the friggin' secret, like <laughs> what is really going on? Like, you know, you have a home and your kids are well taken care of. Maybe your kids in private school, something like how much money do you make? It was such a mystery to me. Like a hundred thousand dollars a year felt like the biggest thing on the planet. Like, yeah. oh my God, you'd never have to worry about money again. <laughs> right? Like I just, I didn't know. I didn't understand. How do they think? 
Why yeah. is their life like that? What is the numbers they're making? And why are they making those numbers? And what does it feel like for them? And I was just desperate for somebody to tell me. And of course, I was desperate for somebody to teach me how to do it. Yeah, exactly. And so this brings up the next question because I've had, this is a question a lot of people have asked me as well, because I've made kind of like big leaps and bounds um, and jumped out of my comfort zone a lot. And I, I think it's as well, this may not be a question you can answer with the how, but from your perspective, the best you can, it's like, and you said that you were coming off this job where you're making $400 a week and then you invested $25,000. Like what went through your head to be able to like actually um, make that decision? And um, do you mind sharing like how you uh, funded that? Oh, absolutely. I would love to. I think that's probably... If I look back, it's the thing I'm most proud of. It's like, yes. uh, and, the, and the thing I lock in, the reason I lock it in and continue to celebrate it is so I continue to do it. You don't yeah. forget the things that made you successful and start weaning off of that. So yeah, thank you. I love that question. Um, so I threw up. <laughs> that was the first thing I did. Cool. I literally threw up. And just this past weekend, I did another investment that I almost threw up. And I thought, oh my God, it's happening again. I almost threw up. So, uh, yeah, I actually physically threw up and, uh, I actually had no clue how I was going to do it. Not one clue. I had no awareness. There was no evidence or proof that it was ever going to all work out. It was a year long commitment that you had to stay in. So, um, you know, that first I had to make a $3,000 payment. And then within two weeks I had to make that first $2,000 payment. And then it was every month it was 2000 after that. Right. So $2,000 to me was like, that was more than I ever made a month. Of course. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, so I, that first $3,000, I put on a 1000 on a credit card and $2,000 I had in my account to pay all of my bills. And then I knew that I had to replace that money and then still come up with the 2000, the two or three weeks later, whatever it was, was yeah. how the plan worked. So on the way home, I literally just got myself into a state of absolute certainty and got myself into a state of just knowing that this is what I'm called to do. Yeah. I have really always, like, I'm sure every single person on here and you, I know almost for a fact, have always felt like there's this fire burning in you. There's this purpose and passion. There's something you're meant to do. You know, you're here for something bigger than what it currently is. You know it. Yeah. And so it was just finally unleashing that and being like, well, come hell or high water. I'm not living like this anymore. I'm not living with this like fire and this power to bust out of me. Friggin' like and funneling freaking alcohol and, and medication. And, you know, I'm just not doing it anymore. So I had no clue how it was going to work, but I set the intention that I knew I would be able to make that money. And I did, if I'm being really honest, I did at least, I had gotten clients and I had made $4,000 ever in my business. Yeah. So I did know that I could get more clients. And you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. there was some evidence that I could at least get something, do something through the current business I had. Yeah. Uh, but I for sure wasn't able to do it all in the beginning that way. So I increased every credit card limit that I had. I mm -hmm. got one new credit card. That was all I could really get back then. I didn't have very much credit. I did a public fundraiser, which wow. if I'm being really honest, I woke up the next morning and literally thought, I just would like to die right now. I want to, <laughs> this is my vision in my head. I pictured I had this little metal shovel and I was like digging a hole in the ground and I dug it big enough where I could crawl in it and just go to sleep at the bottom of the dark hole. Oh. Like that's what I wanted to do. It felt terrible. Mm -hmm. it felt awful. Like I was, and, and this is what it said. It was a public fundraiser and it said, I don't like who I am. I know I'm capable of more. I promise I'm a human being who will show up and do the work. I will get on the other side of this and I swear to you, I will give back a hundredfold when I get here. And that was what it said. 
and people sent money, sent money, sent money. I got $850. Wow. Which back then was, yes, it was, and I, honestly, it was such a healing moment for me because in that moment I was like, see, there's good out there. Yeah. There's so much good out there, which had never felt true. Yeah. And I started locking into that. I sold my bike. I sold anything basically that wasn't screwed down. That was worth of any value in my life. (laughs) Yeah. And then I also got some clients. I showed up, I did, I did, uh, free talks at the local library, which one of the talks, it was two old ladies that showed up. They were like in their eighties and I just sat there and loved on them and gave them anything I could have that I had to give them. I did, uh, free meetup groups. I would hold them at the cafe and, uh, just practice speaking and showing up and serving people and what copy got them to show up and just started practicing things and coaching. And, uh, and I made it happen. I fell apart. I remember sitting in my kitchen. I remember crying to my boyfriend at the time saying like trying to make it his problem. <laughs> like just trying to make that $2,000 <laughs> his problem so bad. But at the event, I remember I had called him and said, I promise I will do this. I will get through it and it'll never be your problem. And he yeah. said that back to me. You promised this wouldn't be my problem. And I had no choice but to show up and make it happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, amazing. I love that. I love that. And that, I think this is like such a cool part of the story as well, because I, you know, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, I can't do it. I don't have the money, but it's like, if anyone has that, it's you, it's you, <laughs> you know? And well, you- that's why, I mean, it, I'm so grateful that Yes, that's, mm. thank you. That's exactly, it's, it is. I'm, I'm grateful because I'm the wrong person to say that to. Yeah. <laughs> so if I'm being really honest, my favorite moment is when clients tell me they can't afford it because I'm like, thank God they found me. Thank yeah. God they came to me, right? Because I'm, I'm the wrong person. To so say how do you, it's if just, like, it's like, it's basically like, so new what, question. Right, what do I oh. say to them? Yeah. Yeah. What do you say to them? I, that I basically say that, Oh, you're with the right person. Yeah. And you know, like, what is their story behind it? Like, basically I expect most people are going to say they can't afford it. That is a common story in our culture. It's just what it is. Right. Like, yeah, that's pretty standard. Uh, so it's about understanding that in that moment, they really believe that bullshit they're spinning to themselves because that's the standard excuse that's been acceptable. And sometimes people, one, haven't thought to think outside of the box. It never occurred to them to do a public fundraiser. It never occurred to them that they could sell stuff and never occurred to them that they could do anything except for the one thing in their head that they feel like they're supposed to get the money through. Right. It has to be this way. People are scared to get into debt because they don't understand that actually going into debt to pay for something that's going to 10x your income that's going to bring in further income is the smartest thing you could do. That's what wealthy people will tell you. Oh my that's gosh. a different thinking. This yeah. is, I did a live on this the other night. I was like the messed up perceptions about debt because you're so right. There's not one wealthy person who would speak ill of making an investment like that. Even if it yeah. got you in quote unquote debt, you know, like not one person, they'd be like, yeah, do it. <laughs> I have multiple times dipped down a hundred thousand dollars in debt to launch yeah. to the next level over and over that happens in my business. That's amazing. Right. And just like that 25,000, I had no idea that I was gonna make 400,000 that year, but yeah. that 25,000 sure became insignificant <laughs> really quickly. Oh yeah. And, and we're so afraid of what we're going to lose in the moment instead of paying attention to what's coming and what's the possibility that we're giving up by not stepping into it. Oh, so when someone says they can't afford it, it's just about recognizing that they're scared and they, they, they don't, they're not sure if it's going to work. They're doubting themselves. They haven't thought outside of the box or they are actually just in a state of not showing up any bigger. So what I say to them is, okay, cool. Up until now, 
the way that you have shown up has caused you to be in a situation where financially you're not feeling like what's a, what you would desire is available for you. Up until now, that's the way you've been showing up. Are you willing to show up differently now? Yeah. And that it's, it's really that simple. And, and so then after that, after you, if they're willing to show up differently, then, you know, some people can pull it out of savings accounts. Some people have to wait for their paycheck to come in Friday. Some people put it on a credit card. Some people have to go generate it. It yeah. is what it is. You're at where you're at. Up until now, you've created the circumstance where it is. So if they say they have to go generate it, then I'm going to sit there and say, okay, would you like help brainstorming on how you can generate this? Let's figure this out because it's available for you. If it's a credit card, let's work through the story we have on allowed to create debt. If it's waiting for the paycheck Friday, what are you doing to yourself so you don't end up backing out by Friday? If it's having a conversation with my husband, it's, okay, great. What do you think your husband's going to say? And are, like, besides your husband, are you locked in 100%? Do you feel like this is a hell yes for you or is there something stopping you? Because until you're confident and powerful and like, this is why this will be different, right? Because like, I need you to be able to answer to me, to you and to your husband, why will it be different this time? If yeah. you consistently show up for things, don't follow through, don't make it happen. Why is this time different? Mm -hmm. And they can either answer that question or they can't, they can't answer it to you themselves. They can't answer it to the husband. Yeah. So that's it. It's just like up until now, this is like how I've showed up has created this, how I think has created this. Am I willing to step into something new? And what would that look like? We sort of spell out what that would look like. And then it's like, are you willing to do that? Yes or no. If they're not, it's okay. Maybe mm -hmm. they don't want this as bad as they thought. Maybe this, like now that they have a reality on what it's going to look like for them to make it happen, either they're willing to do it or they're not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like that's a good measure for people to feel like this is what it looks like. Yeah, exactly. And I think like what's so, um, so cool about that is this like whole concept that with like thinking outside of the box and being resourceful is we actually forget that the power that we do hold um for our life you know like i'm like consistently trying to remind everyone that we hold such immense amount of power inside of us it's just so many of us won't access it um or just don't because we're so used to doing what we're doing we're just like yep this is the way it is it's the way it's always been so i must also act in this moment in this way preach um, girl yeah and it's like that whole i will do anything but that scenario you know it's like, I'll do anything. Oh, but I, I don't want to do a fundraiser because I might embarrass myself that I'm, that I need money. Or I, you know, I'll, I don't want to go out and put it on a credit card because I'm more focused on the fact that I would lose this money or society would deem me irresponsible or whatever, you know, like it's this whole like story that we tell ourselves. But I know when I invested in my first coach as well, because, um, like in a nutshell, what happened, I launched my business um, in December, 2017. And at that point, my husband and I were um, over a hundred thousand dollars in debt. We were making less than $2,000 a month between us. Um, uh, just to frame it very, very clearly, our bills were more than that because of the debt that we were in. Um, and we were fortunate for the support that we had from our family for like living situation and all that kind of stuff. But it was just like, this all in mentality um, for myself. And, um, you know, I started making a little bit of money in my business. And I think I'd had my best month at about $3,000. And that's mm -hmm. when I decided I needed to hire this coach. And it was just like a full body. I have to do this moment. Oh. It was um, a $50,000 investment. And like, the first payment was more than what I'd made that month. 
Yes. It was like, and I had no option for credit. I had no option because I already owed my family tens of thousands of dollars. Like I had no option to borrow it from anyone. I had no option to get it on credit. I was like, I had a similar thing. I had, I'm that month I generated enough to pay the first month. And then it was like this exact same thing that I did that you described is this, like, I just built the certainty that this was no, yeah. no back door for me. I was just like, fuck this. I'm in all the way. And this is what I feel like people like, you know, like I remember I was kind of nervous to tell my tribe this, like I was nervous to say out loud, like, this is what it takes. But then I was like, because I was afraid that they'd be like, they can't. And I'm like, wait a minute, Mandy. So you'll do this. Let me get this straight. So you'll show up that big. You'll do this, but they won't. Cause well, you're, I was like, Oh, that's some shit right there. One of the biggest, my audience is big and I hold them as able and more powerful than me and smarter than me and more genius and and brave than me. And how about I speak to them that way? And it was like, never again did I go back to that, not telling them the truth stuff. Oh my God. I love that Mandy. And this, that's like one of the biggest shifts that happened for me as well. I, I am realized that I was seeing myself as more capable of abundance than I was seeing my clients. Yes, because ew, I ew. was scared to tell them, I know, ooh, mega ooh, but I was scared to tell them the price of my stuff in case they couldn't afford it. And I'm like, am I joking? Like most people are in a better situation than I was when yeah. I invested. And yep. And my pricing wasn't even as much as what I, what I, what I was, um, what I first invested, you know, I'm just like, what is wrong with me? Like, like, and I think it's one of the most beautiful transitions when you can like train your mind. And, and I mean, I still have to remind myself of times because it does come up in different ways. I find, you know, like for me, like being honest, like I still notice myself catching myself sometimes of being like, Oh, you know, I don't want to offend someone if I say that, or I I don't want to Oh, I don't know if they'll understand if I say it this way, but I'm like, no, my soul clients are brilliant. They want this. They are ambitious. They will figure it out. They don't need to be at a specific income level to work with me. They don't need to be at a specific place in their life to work with me. All they need is that hunger. And then that's it. Yes. Oh my God. So like a million yeses coming at you right now. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, and like, and, and then, you know, I remember when I had a few people come to me and like, well, why are you talking about how you attempted suicide or why are you uh-huh. talking about your money and da da da? And I was like, okay, here's the honest truth. I can either stay focused on the fact that you handful or multiple handfuls, whatever it turns out to be, people are triggered by my being really blunt and honest or think that I'm bragging about money or I'm just showcasing this really amazing life just to trigger you or make you jealous. Mm. Or I can focus on the literal tens or hundreds of thousands of people who are brave as fuck looking to show up. Literally have gone through hell and back in their life. And all they want to do is to support other people. They want to thrive, take care of their family, have some freedom, and then serve other people. And I could either focus on them or I could focus on your complaints. And I, I'm pretty sure you're going to see which one. Like, I'm pretty sure it makes sense to you now why I'm going to really just not defend myself and what you have to say. And I'm, and I understand that this makes you feel that way, but I'm not going to alter anything I'm doing for that. Like, can you can feel the difference, right? Yeah. And like, I, I, I see people sort of shift in their energy and they get it. They, they don't understand it, but they get it that this isn't something Mandy's going to change. Yeah, exactly. And it's, um, it's, it was a huge kind of shift for me as well. And for those of you listening as well, like if you've ever had that fear of like triggering other people, Um, I think uh, like I personally, this is my personal opinion, but again, everyone has their own way about it. I don't, 
I'm not someone who's going to purposely go out and try to trigger people to get a raise because of, you know, that whole polarity kind of like marketing and stuff. Yeah. To me, it's just like, I'm just like, I'm going to obviously show up and say the truth for me, my truth. Um, and if that happens to trigger people, then that's okay. But one, I know it's liberating for the person who needs to hear it because when I was on the other end, that type of stuff saved me. Like that type of stuff was what made me remember that this, this kind of like knowing this inner fire that I had was there for a reason. So I'm showing up for her. And then secondly, um, when people are triggered, it is like, it is always a reflection and, and how I see it is like this. It's like, okay, someone gets triggered by something that you say and either they're just going to go be mad about it and it's fine. Or they're going to be mad about it, be like, why am I so mad about this? It's going to make them think about it deeper. They're going to be stewing on it while thinking about it. And that may or may not lead to them exploring this further for themselves and therefore possibly shifting. Yes. I think the way that I've always thought of it and the way I think I, I translate it to my tribe is, you know, what's the alternative? Yeah. The alternative is to like, let people sit and rot in their yuck. You know what I mean? Like that's the alternative. The alternative is like, they're suffering. They're living in a bullshit story. They can't see what we can see right now. And I'm going to hold back and play small so that they can sit nice and comfy in their pile of shit. Like that's not very loving. Yeah. And it's like with this, like sharing your income thing. I know that triggers a lot, a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, yeah, I've had, I've had a few comments about it before and I've even had someone try to take advantage of me because of me sharing my income. And that was like a whole other story, but (laughs) I mean, I made it through. I had my best ever month that month and whatever. It was cool. Um, do you know the, the first time that happened to me? Do you want to know what I did? <laughs> you're going to love this. <laughs> oh, God, you're going to appreciate this. I literally was sitting there and I realized what happened. I realized I just got taken advantage of because this person knows my income. And I literally felt like the most badass human being on the planet. I was like, let me get this straight. My welfare ass just got taken advantage of because I'm wealthy. Like, that is so epic. And literally, like, I cannot wait to be savvy at this skill right here. And I was, like, so, like, the happiest person on the planet. Oh, my God. It was so similar for me because I was, like, I was, like, oh, my God. Did I just, like, this is, this is rich people problems and I'm okay with this. Like, (laughs) it was so amazing. Yeah. That's so funny. Uh, That is Um, hilarious. Yes. But, yeah, so, um. I, oh my God, what was I even saying now? Um, oh, the intri- people getting triggered with the income thing. But here's the thing as well is like, sometimes when people do that, it's like, um, and I know for me at times when I've been triggered by other people, not necessarily about them sharing their income, but for example, with money stuff, it's a lot of the times that it's either, it feels like I couldn't do that. So what gives you the right to do it? Or I could like, and especially when like, for example, if you start a business and someone in your life is just like, oh, do you know the percentage of success at that it's they're actually reflecting their fear like in their brain they're saying if I did this could I do it and they go no so you can't do it either for one but then two as well and this is like a total ego thing which I've had to call myself out on my ego so many times on my journey because I truly think our ego is one of the ways that we like kind of like stop ourselves from growing but it's like I I believe I should already have that and I don't so why do you get it 
And it's like when I realized that belief about myself, because I remember when I first started and I'm like, literally like, I don't even know what I was thinking. I'm like two months into my business and I was triggered. I wasn't making 10K a month. And, and I saw like friends of mine who are coaches making 10K. And I was like, I work just as hard as them. Like, why don't I make it? And then I was just like, oh, damn, that is so ego. It's not even funny. That I remember I really got stuck when I was at like 40 and 50 K months and I could not get to 60. I remember the coach I had at the time, it was like for four months in a row. I was like, I still didn't hit 60. I still didn't hit 60. Finally, she says to me, thank God. She says, why are you being so entitled? Yeah. Boom. I was like, what do you mean? Like I sort of registered it as like, I'm driving, I'm pushing for that next level. And I literally just couldn't get there. And I, then I was starting to get pissed off about it. And she was like, why are you being so entitled? And I, I feel like I'm so thankful that I've grown through that phase. But the thing that I got the most out of that was the way that I, because I, I remember going through this phase where like, I don't give a shit about the money. Like I just, I don't want to have to care about the money. I don't care about the money. I don't want to have to talk about the money, think about the money. Like I went through this phase of like, just like, I don't fucking care about the money. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I just want to help everybody. I'm going to give everything away for free. Like literally it was like really bad. My team was like, okay, slow down, Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> Like, hold on a second here. Like there's a whole tribe of people that we're supporting here. So what, this is what I ended up where I landed. A money goal for me is actually, in fact, really evidence of how big I'm showing up for my people. Mm-hmm. And because I know if I'm full, if I'm full in, if I'm showing up to the level I'm capable of, of course, the income is just easy. It's on the side. It comes in. It doesn't have yeah. to be the focus, but it is the container for my growth. So yeah. just like it was in the beginning when we invested in that first mentorship, just like it was for me this past weekend, I invested $120,000 in Tony Robbins Platinum Partnership. I'm not sure if you're familiar. Yay, yes. Yeah. That's so so cool. congratulations. Yeah, thanks. So uh, it's, if I stay the woman I am today, that investment is not worth it. I mm-hmm. literally will not be able to make that happen. I am required now to shift into a different person. So of course, my, money, my, my monthly money goals are going to shift and change now. But the way I view it is, that is a container for my growth. Like literally, whether I reach the goal or not doesn't matter. The goal is set because it's, for me, it's nothing different than like, I wanna run this marathon in this amount of time. Mm -hmm. Like, and so that amount of time is gonna tell me what do I need to pace my, my miles at? Am I staying at that pace? And did I train hard enough in order to make that, that, you know, make it at this goal. Now, if I yeah. finish the race, I'm still going to celebrate. If I reach my, my numbers, I'm going to be so excited. But if I didn't, I just know that there's more training to do. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To me, that's what a money goal is. It's not a, it's not evidence of passing or failing or value. It's just evidence of where I'm at in my growth journey. And eventually I'll hit that number. But if I didn't hit it this month, it's, there's more growing to do. There's more training. There's more seasoning. There's still something in me being called to mature or being called to show up at a new level. And I just get to continue to be honest with myself, pull in the resources, whatever it is to reach that goal. So once I started associating, you know, Grenades Brown, uh, like going into the arena. Yeah. So I literally picture a month with a number associated to it as like an arena for training. Like that's how I identify with my numbers now. And that feels really good and loving to me because like a queen energy showing up for her people, being willing to take care of her people, being willing to actually do the hard work on the back end for my people so that I can lead them to that place. That's all the energy that resonates with me. So to me, that's what the money goal is. It's evidence of how well I'm actually keeping my commitments to myself, to my kids, to my you know, to my audience as a single yeah. mom with two kids living in a state with no family here. Like it's a big game I'm playing. And I'm, I, I like the tension of having to look at whether I'm showing up or not. Yeah. I love that perspective. And I think it's so good to keep that in mind because 
as you start to become more successful and you actually start making money in business, like it really does shift because I think at the start, it is so natural to desire, like you desire an income goal because of what it will mean for your lifestyle. But eventually like the difference between like you were saying 40 to 60 K months, like you're doing pretty well already at that stage, you know, like paying your bills isn't really top, top um, worry of the month. Oh yeah. That was really hard actually shifting from survival into thriving and trying to find a new why in thriving. Yes. That was really confusing and difficult. Yeah. And I so agree. It's like, it's, um, and I, I still would say that I'm working through it at times. And it's like, sometimes I I identified this on a call I had the other day with my coach. I was just like, sometimes I feel like I just make up a fear or something just so I have something to work on because I believe I have to like be working on something through something in order to hit the next level. And I'm like, that is very interesting. You know? Oh my God. That's so good. I made up a failure. Like I thought you're not pushing yourself hard enough if you're not failing. So I like literally made myself fail so I could tell that story. Oh, the silly shit that we do as human beings. It's kind of epic. (laughs) I know it's hilarious. It's so funny. Um, but as well, like, I think for me, um, I like one of the things that I've come to believe about money, and this was really just because when I, I've been someone who's desired money and a lot of money for most of my life. Like when I was a kid, I used to tell people I was going to be a millionaire when I grew up. Like, wow. (laughs) I don't even know where I got that from, but I just have always desired it. And, um, then when I started getting into entrepreneurship, because I am an incredibly like soul led, divinely guided loving human. I know everything that I do comes from a place of love. I started to feel guilty for wanting the money. Mm -hmm. And it took me a lot to work through that. And now I believe there's actually nothing wrong with um, desiring the money, but it has to, the, I, I believe where the difference is, is when there's the deeper connection. And just like you shared, like your deeper connection to me, there's like two major deeper connections. There's for what it brings to me and what it, the impact that it has on the world. And so for me, it's like, I envision the, you know, as, cause I'm pregnant right now. And as I have my first baby and, um, as my husband and I like develop and enjoy our life, like we will be able to enjoy a life that's limitless, um, in what we decide to do because of the fact that money is always there to support us in whatever we choose to do rather than having to make decisions based on the bank account, right? Like that desire really fires me up it gets me excited and and for my whole family um and then yeah and then secondly it's about the legacy it's about the impact it's about how what I do shifts the consciousness of the people around me it's about that I get to watch other people live a life that they love it's about all of that and those are definitely the two major drivers for me behind the money and I totally agree it's like that benchmark for growth and that desire of um, and also I believe like as humans, we're also designed to grow, you know, so it's natural to desire the next step. Yes. So much. Yes. And the, what I learned was like, I always thought like, you have to find that why really fast and you should know, and it should be easy. No, it no. shouldn't be easy. Actually. No, it's, you're changing your entire life. You're scaling so fast. And, um, I remember this quote I heard was spiritual seekers must be achievers. And, and it resonated so much. I thought it encapsulated everything that I believe. Like we need the heart centered people who are willing to show up and do the work and who actually really truly care about other people and are willing to call people to more. We need them in positions of power. We need them to be full of abundance. And like, here's the blunt truth. I know this sounds rude, but it is what it is. Don't nobody want a broke, weak, tired, frustrated, overwhelmed hand reaching down to support them when you're in the 
shit and you're in the thick of it, you want a wealthy, empowered hand reaching down to support you. Well-rested, has the things they need in life to feel special, important, loved, well taken care of, whatever it is, and they're reaching down to support you with some power. Yeah. And we need the spiritual seekers and the heart-centered entrepreneurs and the, the good people. We need them to be achievers because you cannot give out of nothing. You cannot. Yeah, I love that. You have That's to have so something good. to give. Yeah. And I lock into that over and over and over. Yeah. And here's a, here's a tip that someone said to me, uh, not to, a couple of weeks ago, when you're setting your money goal and you're the kind of person who doesn't want to have to care about the money, or maybe you're a little triggered about wanting the money, something like that, some kind of story behind it. Just look for what about that money excites you. Like what about that money goal excites you, actually excites you, not what your parents told you you should want or your society says you should want and desire not what you wanted last week but what you actually what actually excites you right now no yeah. bullshit no lying no pretending what really truly excites you and if you can't think of something you're gonna have to start daydreaming or if you can't think of anything then you're not around powerful enough people you need to get yeah. your ass in the rooms with other powerful people and see how they're living so that you are drawn and called to more so that you know, when I'm in a room with millionaires and billionaires and they're sharing the impact they're having on the planet, it fires me up like nothing I've ever explained. You fed how many starving people? You built a school where? You, you, you gave back, you know, like um, uh, menstrual stuff to women in other countries that don't have access to that. Like the things that the people are doing in this planet, in this world is incredible. And it's yeah. like one human being creating that kind of impact. You just find, get the, the rooms where people's values and their focus and their, their, uh, you know, their, their priorities are similar to yours and they're making huge change and you start to see their life and you start to believe more as possible. Go to someone else's yeah. home, it's a huge, beautiful home on the water with this view and maybe that lights you up or, you know, this, this area with a coffee machine or having epic amounts of support or team members that really show up big for other people. Well, it is what it is. It's got, something's going to light you up and motivate you. Yeah. I so agree with that. And I love what you said. It's like what motivates you or what excites you about the money right now? Because when, um, like when you said like the why shouldn't be easy, like I used to think that the why was like this one big thing and it was like, yeah. and I would find it and it would be like the light at the end of the tunnel. And then I would forever have my why. And that would just be that, <laughs> like, you know, but it's so not like that. And I believe it is ever evolving because every time we grow, we see the world in a new perspective and we're able to see things we didn't see before. So of course it's going to change. But if you focus on what you're excited about right now, that's enough to pull you to that next level. And then you can also ask yourself what excites you next. You know, and so it's allowed well to evolve and change. Mm. Yeah. So well put. Yeah. Wow. This, this conversation has been so fun, Mandy. Like I feel yes! like riff on like all this stuff for ages. Ah. Um, if, do you have any like wise words of wisdom? Like if you're just like tuning into the vibe of the audience, like the person listening right now, who's just like totally feeling everything we're talking about and you have like one more kind of just like last thing that you want to leave them with, what would it be? You know, I'm just going to trust what comes to me. Uh, what comes to me is it's really, it can be really confusing when we are when we've gone through a lot of traumas or just stresses, whatever, we're used to, you know, surviving. The brain and the nervous system is built to get you to survive. It's not built for you to thrive. It's not built for happiness. It's just not like you're not wired for happiness. That's something that you create and you have to actually latch onto and create. So I think the biggest helpful thing for me was to understand, I don't have to understand all of that. I don't have to know how this is all going to work. I just have to tell the truth about what I desire. 
I just got to be brave enough to tell the truth about what I desire and take that one step in front of me. I don't, I'm not going to know steps two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm not going to know how it's all going to work. I'm not going to have proof. I'm not going to have evidence. I'm not going to have people telling me, yes, I should do this. None of that shit's going to be real. All I need to do is tell the real truth about what I long for and desire. Do you desire that coach? Do you desire that program? Do you desire to go to that live event? Do you desire support for this in your home? Do you desire a cleaner? Do you desire that conversation or that result with your partner or with your best friend? Do you desire more friends? Like, do you desire that beautiful thing in your home or on your body or do you, you know, whatever you really truly desire, if you will really tell the truth about that, be really honest and own it unapologetically. And you're willing to do the one thing in front of you that you know to do authentically as yourself, you can't screw this up. Mm-hmm. It takes so much faith and so much courage to do just that. People don't know what they want. They're scared to tell themselves the truth. Then they need evidence and proof of how it's all going to work before they do that. They're too worried about what people think. And that's the shit that's holding people back. Preach. <laughs> it's so safe to trust your desires and to say them out loud and go after them. And I'll tell you this much too, because this will mean a lot to a lot of people who haven't experienced it yet. And I bet you have experienced this. The same people in the beginning that were judging me, that were thought I was just trying to brag, that thought I was a fraud, that thought I was just bouncing around, that thought I'm going to fail, that thought all these things that they thought um, are the same people that have consistent, some of them have become my clients. Some of them have definitely, they mostly all of them have come to me and say, how the hell did you do that? And they have also come to me and told me how much seeing my transformation has changed their lives and how much better their lives are because they saw an example of that and they knew who I was before. And so what I know is that in the beginning, when you trust your desires, it'll feel selfish. People might get triggered like a little kid throwing a temper tantrum. It's okay. We're going to let them throw their temper tantrum and we're just going to keep locking in our desires and going for them. And in the beginning, it feels like it's selfish, but it's not. When you're allowing yourself to be led by your souls and your desires, you'll watch the transformation happen. Some people will just go away and they'll go find a different place to, you know, lock in their energy. That's a natural part of it. Let them go away and shine your light really bright and the people meant to find you will. And in that very beginning, it'll feel selfish, but what you'll find it is a powerful act of love. Anything you do that's uncomfortable for you to do now but you're doing it because you believe it's right. That by definition is an act of love. Mm. Oh my gosh. That is so good. I love that. It's like, we really are more powerful and impact more people than we will ever even know because those are just the people that told you, you know what I mean? (laughs) The kind of people who are impacted by you who've never even said a thing. Not to mention how all of those people end up impacting people. And then those people impact people. The ripple effect. Unbelievable. Yes. And one person can do a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I've loved this conversation. Me thank too. you so much, Mandy. Yes. And to those of you listening, like, thank you so much for hanging out with both of us. Like, we've absolutely loved having this conversation for you, with you, energetically. And I also so appreciate your time because I know you could be anywhere in the world and you're here hanging out with us. Very good company, may I add. Um, but if you've enjoyed this, I would be so grateful if you could also screenshot the episode and upload it. Are you on Instagram, Mandy? I am. What's your handle? So uh, my handle on Facebook and social and uh, Instagram is at Ms. Mandy Perry, M-S Mandy Perry, both with Y's. Okay, perfect. And that's also going to be in the show notes in case you missed it. Um, and I'm at Viola Hug. If you want to tag both of us, um, obviously feel free to message either of us if you want to have any more conversation about anything that we've talked about. And um, the conversation is always there for you to keep chatting about inside of the Abundant Babes Facebook group as well. Um, And Mandy, do you have any other social links or anywhere else that you can 
um, kind of like link the audience to that you would love them to come check you out? Um, I do have a couple free gifts on mandyperry.com. There's a tab that says free trainings and under there, there's three or four free trainings that people can get that are quite valuable. There's hours of stuff in there. Amazing. Okay. That yep. is so cool. So definitely check that out. And again, it'll be in the show notes. So thank you. Thank you so much for being here today, Mandy. And thank you to the audience for joining me. We'll see you again on the next episode of the Abundant Babes podcast. Girl, my pleasure.